0: Thank you
1: for being here. Welcome to the Small Worlds Podcast, designed to explore frameworks of love, purpose, and connection.
0: Yeah, I think so. When I was younger, I used to fall in love all the time. I think you learn more and more about what love is the older you get. And they're not, that's not to discredit any other time but it's it's just it's they're all different and they're different kinds of love
1: all right here we go what's good everyone welcome back to the small worlds podcast it has been a minute since we've recorded because i've just been relaxing but i'm so excited i'm going to continue this collaboration series and i have an amazing person right in front of me but I have a new friend here, and her name is Bianca. What's up, Bianca?
2: Hello. Hi. Hello, everyone listening. Yeah. My name's Bianca, yeah. as you heard. <laughs>
1: yes, it is Bianca. And similar to last time, I will actually give space for Bianca to introduce herself, but introducing yourself um, with the framework of saying, at least for now, more of who you are as opposed to what you do.
2: Hello, I am a human female.
1: <laughs> Legitness.
2: On this earth. Um, I think... Damn. It's a question. I'm already nervous too. It's okay. You're good. <laughs> it's hard to not describe yourself in terms of what you do. That's
1: exactly why I asked this yeah, question. Yeah, I figured. Yeah.
2: I would say that I am a very bubbly personality I like to think I'm entertaining. <laughs> I always try to entertain people, make people laugh, make yeah. people smile. I make weird faces. I do funny dance moves.
1: <laughs> These are all real. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. I agree. I agree so far. All right. You can tell us a little bit about okay. what you
2: do now. I am a photographer. I like Yanni, like making content. I'm a content creator. Content
1: creators in the house.
2: Yes. I love making videos. I love styling outfits and designing like interior design and spaces and architecture and so many things yeah so many things i'm from southern california born and raised i moved to boston for college and that's the only time i've ever been out of california and now i live up here in the bay so what's up bay area what's good
1: bay area how recently have you moved here
2: i moved here two weeks ago
1: yeah she's literally just she just got here
2: yes just got here still learning some things driving freaks me out but i know i'll get used to it at some point (laughs) oh i'm a fucking film major there we go go. anyway
1: so we got film major recent bay area person human female chilling bianca's hella dope um, and Thank you. <laughs> I am so honored to have Bianca here. And I, as usual, I usually don't try to marinate too much on what I want each episode to be on until I hit record. Mm-hmm. And I believe today I want to focus on, I think, two things. The term essence, like essentialism, which I think has been a through line throughout this podcast and the way I kind of navigate the world and somewhat style, style and (laughs) essentialism, just to to kind of be cool with it. And I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit. Well, first off, we have to ask the constant question. So this is the question I told you. You got to have a response for this or else you're off the podcast. Oh,
2: no. Okay.
1: But it's not too bad. So as you know, it's a Mac Miller podcast. So I just would love to hear any favorite Mac Miller reference, Mac Miller anything that you got.
2: Okay. I will be honest and say I... Well, first of all, I'm really bad at listening or I'm really bad at associating song titles with artists and like band names. And I don't think I've listened to a lot of Mac Miller. I know I've listened to some of his stuff, but I couldn't tell you a song title. You're chilling. I think the most striking thing to me about Mac Miller is just like how much everyone loved him. Yeah. You know, through his artwork, through, you know, like interviews he's given Right. And obviously, when he passed, like so many people were mourning. And I think Mm -hmm. it's so interesting to see how much someone can make an impact without necessarily directly knowing someone.
0: Right, right, right.
2: And I also think a big part of, like, I mean, like I said, I don't listen to a lot of Mac Miller. I don't think I do. But what I took away from his death, too, was also the association with Ariana Grande Mm -hmm. and like knowing that they were in a relationship and just thinking of. Losing someone that you love, I think is so hard. And I mean, personally, I lost my dad when I was young, but I always have thought about what that was like for my mom Mm -hmm. to like lose the person that you were in love with. And especially someone that you started a family with. And not to say that Mac and Ariana like had a family, but Mm -hmm. just any, any type of love and then sort of that loss of that love, I think is so... Impactful.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that's pretty spot on. Yeah, and you're chilling if you don't know any song titles or anything. It's not, <laughs> yeah, I think that was, that was perfect. And I feel like I've told myself a lot about that in terms of my discovery of Mac, why I decided to ground this podcast as a tribute to him. I don't claim to be an expert mm-hmm. about him at all, but I think it is fascinating also throwing the word love in there too, to feel so much love for someone at least for Max specifically in this case, that I didn't know personally, but going back to like the theme of essentialism, it, it's like this energy or intention that was just so contagious that it was able to just hit the world, you know, at a global scale. And I, I think that's powerful. And I, I think the, the importance of a lot of his music is just storytelling. And I already felt like right here, like we, we just heard a little piece of your life. So thank you for sharing that
0: mm-hmm. with
1: all of us yeah, as well. So yes, you've you've answered the question, which is cool. <laughs> okay. And now we're going to transition into some main prompts going back to, to our theme. And I think this is perfect because you brought up, you know, she's kind of new to the bay. So I got to mm-hmm. culture a little bit about how we do things up here.
2: Oh my gosh. Okay. But I did
1: have a conversation with Bianca about why she chose to come here. And correct me if I'm wrong, but one thing you said is that you just found happiness here. That you <laughs> felt happy. And I thought that was a beautiful answer. Connecting to, you know, the prompt of me asking you who you are as opposed to what you do. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because I think a lot of people at at different stages of their life, maybe all stages of their life, sometimes think happiness connects to one objective thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously money or like job or like financial security, which has some truth. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about the essence of things or the essence of happiness and how transferable it is, right? It's not always one place that defines that, that feeling. And to know that that was your answer. Mm-hmm. And speci- spe- like specifically growing up here, there's a lot of people who say like, oh, it's my dream to go to ESSA, but come up with a lot of objectives, like reasons why, which is mm-hmm. not wrong. Mm-hmm. So that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. So the first question I'm going to throw you away is, how has your move here with that response you've given me helped you, I think, further deepen your understanding of what happiness means to you?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like, well, context. I have been wanting to move to the Bay Area since February of 2020. So literally right before the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the pandemic happened. And then I was just like, oh my gosh, so many of my plans feel like so distant now. But like I was saying, like I explained to Yanni when he asked me why I wanted to move here, I just tried to envision my life here as a Southern Californian, you know, I wasn't living up here at the time. And I explained that I didn't see, like, I didn't necessarily know what job I would have, what friends I would be hanging out with, or what my apartment looked like, or anything like that. I just saw myself as happy. And a lot of that ties into sort of my environment that I came from. And I think part of just this whole last year, I spent a lot of time just like working towards moving here. I don't know. The idea of moving here just gave me a sense of purpose. Hmm. And I think that really helped me during a time like quarantine when we're all isolated and our social circles are cut off. Um, like, at least physically. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're lucky to live in a digital age, too, where we can still connect. But it's, it's obviously different, and I know everyone can sense that. Right. Um, so I think just the juxtaposition of how unhappy I was, and I knew I was unhappy in the spot that I was, but knowing that I had a goal and a purpose and... like almost a dream life in a way, just working towards that and now being on the flip side of that. I I mean, I haven't really explored much just because we are still staying at home as much as possible, but at the same time, just reflecting on all of that hard work of this past year, I think, has also really helped me deepen my understanding of happiness in terms of it's not just like physical superficial type of things even though it's it's fine to be happy about superficial things quote-unquote superficial things but i don't know i think yeah just the juxtaposition of how unhappy i was so recently compared to how happy i am now has been really a very a very fun journey to explore
1: that's what's up that's what's up thank you for articulating all of that as well. And yeah, I think San Francisco is a pretty cool place <laughs> for sure. There's some people who hate it and some people who love it. But I'm happy that, um, like you said, it gave you a sense of purpose, something to work towards too as well. I know it's tough for a lot of folks to find that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes also like on the other end, people feel pressured to have to move towards something during a time that can be so tiring for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm.
2: I also want to recognize that I know that I'm super lucky to – have made a move like this, mm. especially with the past year that we've had because I know a lot of people were hit financially yeah. and a lot of people are just surviving. Right. And I know that I was very lucky to have still kept work and been able to save up money and to be able to know that something like this would be possible, yeah. whereas a lot of people definitely circumstantially feel stuck no for sure facts
1: no i totally i totally agree i thought about that similarly when i moved into the the first apartment in sf solo and and then this one i think i felt that more on this one too Mm. and i think also just to to give you an affirmation that with that understanding i personally think also like you know i want to honor the amount of work you put into getting to this position, and like literally moving and finding a new home here. <laughs> I think it's big. I think it's super big. Yeah. Um, and it's risky because like, as you mentioned earlier too, which is beautiful, like you didn't really know, there's a lot of unknowns also coming in here. Mm-hmm. And I think it sounds like from a feeling sense, that's, that's something that kind of excites you. And I think that's kind of where I see the similarities between us mm-hmm. as well. So thank you for kind of giving us your SF context <laughs> and, and yeah, I just want to pick your brain a little bit. We're going to make a slight detour, but we're going to bridge everything here. I'm a huge fan of Bianca because I feel like she just got a clean eye. Like she knows, you know, like how to point out like really good design. She got good aesthetic taste. She's giving me input on my cabinets. And I'm just like, yo, can I just like carry you around with me? So I want to ask you a general question first too, because I feel like you're really observant. You're, you know, you're a content creator, so you're also seeing what's trending, what's going on right now. And I know I also wanted to bring up since we both also put content on you on YouTube, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. She's definitely entertaining, so definitely Thank check you. her check check out her stuff. Thank you. From a general sense, kind of just like on the top of your head, what what would you say as someone who kind of I think similar to me have have grown up seeing the shifts? specifically around youtube like mm. what what cultural shifts have you seen and, and maybe also tie that in in terms of like your purpose and the type of content you put out on youtube and hope to put out because i know that mm. you got a lot of projects going on too <laughs> yeah so like what where, where is where did youtube start um in, in the world that we know and like where is it right now and like where do you where do you see yourself in that as well
2: okay I feel like I've had a conversation about YouTube and its transformation so many times before to not, I guess, anyone that would listen. For a very long time, I didn't really talk about YouTube with anyone Mm -hmm. because I didn't know anybody else that watched YouTube as much as I did, so I kind of kept it on the DL. (laughs) Um, Someone once described YouTube as an inch wide but a mile deep, which I think is like the best analogy because... I feel like people I mean it's definitely turning now especially with this new generation but mm. I feel like a lot of people our age are still more so into like movies and TV and there's less of a percentage of people watching YouTube or at least like as much as I do <laughs> and then when you find those people that watch YouTube just as much as you do you know like everything about it like it's not just one small part of youtube like you like it's so easy to go down holes and that's how they build the algorithm and everything but i've been watching youtube since i was in middle school and i definitely started with watching makeup tutorials let's go because my mom didn't want me wearing makeup so she never like sat down and was like oh this is what you put here and this mm. is how you do this so okay, okay. so I started watching YouTube as, like, a way of learning how to apply makeup. And I think that's kind of how YouTube originated. Just people wanting to teach people things. Or at least that's the way I used it. Mm -hmm, I I mm -hmm. looked for content of how to learn something. Right. And it's also people like us that like to record our lives or, like, share something that they feel like they're an expert on. True. And I think over the years... I mean it's definitely turned more businessy mm. like if you talk from the industry side these essentially they're called MCNs, so multi-channel networks they've popped up they're kind of like businesses that run almost as if how do I describe this so like Disney is a corporation and like Disney Channel has a bunch of shows that they have on their slate that pop up So an MCN is kind of like Disney in this analogy, whereas each YouTube channel is kind of like their different shows. I see, I see. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so people, I mean, with the monetization of, since Google bought YouTube, that's when the money started coming in for people to make the amount of money that they're making now. And so a lot of people have popped up on YouTube for more superficial reasons for more financial reasons and i don't know because of because of that it's definitely changed i mean in terms of production value just because technology has advanced so much production value is obviously up compared to when it was first out Mm -hmm. and people have become filmmakers in their own right, you know? Going back to the monetization, I feel like a lot of people do things for the camera. They perform for the camera, which, I mean, obviously there are different types of YouTube channels, different themes, different formats on YouTube now. So that obviously has its own space now, but they're still the type of creators that record just because they like to record their life. They like to document their life. Mm-hmm. And someone I love on YouTube is Emma Chamberlain. And she has an editor, which helps her out, Mm -hmm. which is sort of the more businessy side of it. But she very much just like records whatever she's doing. She doesn't really care what she looks like. She doesn't really seem like she performs for the camera. Obviously, I don't know her in person. Mm -hmm. But the sense that I get from her is that she just likes recording her life and sharing it with people. And that's definitely more what I lean towards. As a kid, I would always make little videos (laughs) that never got uploaded to YouTube.
1: Oh, why not? Come
0: on.
2: But I would like... I don't know. I just liked recording the things that I I was doing for memory's sake in, in college. As a freshman, I was vlogging my freshman year. It originally started as a way to keep in touch with my best friend back at home because I went to Boston for college. But it turned into more people watching than I ever imagined. Not that I had a big audience, but it reached more people, more of my friends, more of my family than I had intended. Yeah. And that was just from, you know, me trying to update my best friend. That was what it was born out of. Yeah. And so I would love to continue with just recording my life so that I have these memories when I go back because Even when I go back to the college vlogs, I'm like, oh my gosh, remember when we did that? Or like the people that were in my life. Mm -hmm. And then also here and there, like maybe you share a few tips and tricks that I learned along the way. I think that would be fun, but I don't ever wanna get to the place where I'm recording YouTube videos just because I wanna make money off of it. Or I don't wanna do things for a YouTube video just because It's flashy. Like, I don't want to seem like I'm showing off anything, which I feel like a lot of YouTube is nowadays, unfortunately. But that's just how it's developed. That's how it's grown. Oh
1: my gosh. That's what's up. So
2: I talked hella long about no, it. No, <laughs> this is
1: perfect because you you I, I would say said everything that I was low-key hoping you would say. <laughs> and you know, you like I I didn't know what your response was. I had a general sense, mm-hmm. but I'm happy. So, well, I, I would say first off, we're both on the same page here. Mm-hmm. 110%. And I I see that and especially the culture shift now, right? You even have people saying, like, I'm doing YouTube for a living, like before, mm-hmm. for me it was just like Kev Jumba and like Ryan, oh my gosh, Ryan Higa Kev videos Jumba. and it was cool because they're kind of like low fidelity videos
0: mm-hmm.
1: But like they brought whoever was on YouTube at, like watching YouTube at the time together mm-hmm. through Actually, I think I couldn't really compare people who are like like those two mm-hmm. They they had their essence like you knew what was coming in like a, a Niga Higa video or a Kev mm-hmm. Jumba video And I love that um So there's like a lot of things that you made me think of. Well, I think essentialism is is still a through line, but also like law of attraction. And I don't think I've ever came up with a formal definition, but in my head, it's just that you're so immersed into the process and then eventually the product of your work. So the holistic process of it to a point where you make 110% space for you to exist and to share that with the world vulnerably and i think between you and i i also like excited to share bits and pieces and along with that maybe like a tip or some life advice that mm-hmm. i think has helped me mm-hmm. through rough patches and i think where things are now i think there's a lot of people who do that and i'm just given like capitalism and the business like the business frameworks of society mm-hmm. you know there's other folks out there who you know, you could tell, right, it's, like, performance-based. Mm-hmm. They're they're reaping a lot of benefits of, like, peop- things like people, maybe, like, us are doing, you know, that I think make space for self-reflection and healing and to tie it into, like, you know, this being a Mac Miller podcast, too. I don't think I would have really tapped in and invested more into Mac's life without YouTube, that mm-hmm. shift, specifically through a storytelling, like, lens. Mm-hmm. To, to see Mac through, like, interviews, through podcasts, um, to see what people have to say about it. And to Like, read YouTube comments. That's, oh, that's my favorite place to be. Like, <laughs> people on. are
2: so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're so
1: good. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, I've never even met these people in the comments, but they get what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. I'm like, you beat me to my thought. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing. And obviously, yeah, it's a shift, right? Um, and I actually picked Bianca's brain about this, too. Because I, I personally think she has a good style. And we're talking about dressing up as well. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I kind of went on our, on this rant. I feel like this current generation, of maybe like high schoolers, they have access to like everything that we grew up with as like children, but also like our parents, especially as fashion. Like they're dressing up like my parents. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was just like they're dressing up. It's not cool. But all of a sudden, like everything is cool now. Mm-hmm. Like because they have so much access to everything. Mm-hmm. And and the little things that I think about. Like, for example, record players, and, like, you see them at Urban Outfitters, like an Urban Outfitters. Yeah,
2: I saw it earlier today. Right,
1: and it's just like, oh, like, maybe, like, a 17-year-old kid might be like, oh, I got a record player. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you got, like, that one that plays, like, your your iPhone music that you can Bluetooth. Yeah. So it's just such an interesting place to be, and I think, hopefully I can speak with the both of us, but it, it's cool to be able to see like what all these mundane things all these ordinary things like how much value that brings to folks now Mm -hmm. because it sounds like no we don't want to move in this direction of newity i mean that's a word right (laughs) we're like what's like some cool like cool shit we've had back or like what can we make cool so i think i think kind of to center this all back some people are overwhelmed they're like there's so many trends on youtube so Mm -hmm. many trends on tiktok maybe people want like i think a little bit of me like when i'm making this podcast or being on youtube like sometimes maybe we put ourselves out there because a part of us also wants to be heard or understood Mm -hmm. or also feel like can people connect with like my lived experiences Mm -hmm. and i think that's special that's how i found mac and so kind of narrowing this down on style because i personally think you you kind of have your own sense of style like you kind of know in terms of like intrinsic value but also maybe like objective things like like you know like what you actually like what you wear your hair color she just got her hair dyed, by the way it I did good. It good. it's
2: it's pink and purple now <laughs>
1: right so to kind of throw throw you this question what would you say catalyze your your sense of getting to know your your personal sense of style and all forms of the word style
2: I think in terms of fashion and clothes I think that was born out of growing up without an excess of money. Mm. So whenever we would like go shopping, back to school shopping and try to get new clothes, I knew that there would be certain items that were just like off the table because they were too expensive. And so I, I don't know, especially in middle school with girls, I don't know if this is the same for guys or not, but girls are really catty. (laughs) And the girls that I was best friends with in middle school were... Not good friends at all. They actually gave me a lot of my insecurities, which that's cool. Give me the names.
1: Give me the addresses. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming over. No,
2: no, no, no. But I, I don't know. I just feel like that was when I started to notice and compare myself to other people, especially other girls. Right. And like who looked pretty, who dressed well, who didn't dress well or things like that. And so I think I started taking inspiration from... Like, TV show characters. I remember Googling Alex Russo outfit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> because I loved the way Alex really? Russo dressed That's on Wizards of Waverly Place. Okay, okay. And so then I would... I guess kind of like Googling that would be a vision board in a way. Yeah. And then when I would go out shopping, like at TJ Maxx or Kohl's or whatever, I would look for pieces that, like, oh, Alex would wear that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me get that. That's cute. And so... I think part of it was just I wanted to look cool, but I knew that I didn't necessarily have a lot of money to get the trendiest pieces. So I was like, all right, well I'll just I'll do this, you know? I'll dress like this character from this show. Oh, another person I loved was Jade West on Victorious. Okay. Oh, you, I you love her You know I didn't watch a
1: lot of... So I got to do my research I on
2: know. This. That's so unfortunate. It is
1: very unfortunate. <laughs> but bet.
2: like in high school, it was definitely more Jade West, okay. which I feel like is is more the aesthetic of my outfits that I carry out now. Sort mm-hmm. of the grunge and like soft grunge <laughs> with like Tuck Martens and like clunky shoes and then like dark colors. I love layers mm-hmm. also. And so when I moved to Boston, I was really excited to finally start wearing layers Mm -hmm. because it actually gets cold out there. And that's also what I'm loving about the weather up here. It's a little bit chillier than SoCal. So I get to...
0: Layer up a little bit. Layer
2: up a little bit. I like mixing pieces a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What about that?
2: And then in terms of, I guess, I started getting into architecture and interior design. And I think a lot of that has to do with seeing other cities for the first time. I basically stayed in California my entire life until we, we never went on vacations because like I mentioned, we didn't have Mm -hmm. a lot of excess money. Mm -hmm. But when my brother went to college, we went to go visit him in Chicago because he went to Northwestern. And it was the first time that I'd saw, it was the first time that I had seen architecture different SoCal there was just brick Mm. everywhere and I was like oh my gosh, this is gorgeous and then when I moved to Boston there was a lot of brick as well but just I think it's so cool that each city has its own aesthetic. I hate Mm -hmm. to keep using that word but in terms of materials or styles that were you know in popularity when the buildings were created and obviously San Francisco has its own style as well. And so when I picked up photography, I realized that I liked looking at buildings Mm. and just taking pictures of buildings. And I don't know. It's just that I feel like any creative eye just loves to see the satisfaction of like complementary colors Mm. or like textures that just mix well together.
3: Right.
2: So I feel like carrying that out in, in my own home, in my own room. Right. And just experimenting with that with my own personal bubble, people have noticed and like my friends will sometimes be like, yo, can you help me? Can you help me like fix my room up?
1: That's literally me the first time we hung out. Yeah.
2: And like, <laughs> I literally had an answer for you. I was like, okay, those cabinets, yep. not the biz. We should <laughs> uh, fix those up. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I like, <laughs> I like looking at things right. and I like looking at things that pop. It's hard to describe. But I feel like if you're a creator or, like, a creative of right. any type, you kind of get what if I mean. If you know, think. you know, sort of. Yes. No, I hear you. Yeah.
1: I totally hear you. I feel
2: like I had a hard time articulating that. No, you're good. <laughs>
1: uh, if anything's evident, you're definitely, like, really excited about the subject. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what I love because I think that also, like, all these external things that you, you listed, using the word aesthetic again, too,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I think that dives into also knowing, like, your current sense of self. Mm as well. And you brought us all the way back to middle school. Um, and I think it's cool that you've been influenced by, you know, different actresses, celebrities as well. I literally bought a bucket hat because I saw Mac Miller wearing it <laughs> in one of his Instagram posts. I, I think that's just the, the power of influence, mm-hmm. uh, especially specifically for people that we we look up to mm-hmm. as well. And, and just to reiterate, like, uh, I definitely see as a through line through your videos, a sense of just like, openness honesty like mm-hmm. keeping it real mm-hmm. you know and there's no objective like list that can kind of define what i mean by that it's just it comes off and you can just tell you believe in everything you say mm-hmm. and like i appreciate that because i i try to do the same too and i think that's also why i surprisingly like i'm so i don't know i have like i love mac miller like and and i have you know, you've seen the poster in the bathroom mm-hmm. like, i have a <laughs> mac miller poster posted up in here jay chillin and I bring back, I said surprisingly because I still haven't listened, like, really conscientious, conscientiously to all of his albums. I've given all his albums a listen, mm-hmm. but it kind of, the bridge between this and, like, style, right? There's there's pieces where, like, damn, he has this album called Swimming, which is, like, the one of the last albums he gave before he passed. And then Circles came after that, which was a project that he was working on, and then he passed, which which was sad, but... Terms of style, I think about sound. I think about like, damn, like, throughout all these different albums he has, you'll notice there's a different sound, different style, but at the same time it's like same, same but different. These are like all Mac, all Mac stories, and but I just like, I just know like people who understand like that. Swimming is such an amazing album. It's just like, if I met someone and they're like that's their favorite album, that tells me so much about them. Mm. If that makes sense, and I, I think it's the same thing with style and it's cool like just see the way people dress up but mix that with, with their personality the way they perform or, or decide to like share bits and pieces of themselves There's such a blend and and i think that's that's a beautiful thing and yeah i'm just i'm just happy to to kind of hear your process of how you got to where you are and i think <laughs> the same thing with buildings i think it's cool there there is this type of aesthetic eye or creative eye that mm-hmm. i think the beauty of art is just a lot of things can't can't be put into words if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but we've lived through a lot of similar experiences with creatives where the sensations are heightened there's this just understanding that kind of unifies everything in the process so thank you thank you for sharing that (laughs) and and to kind of tie things up a little bit here also going back to what i've at least observed about your your life as a content creator but maybe also as a person similar to me i think we maybe may identify as like independent. Like I see you making videos in your car, talking to your camera. <laughs> I don't see a lot of people do that. You know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. cool. I think it's hard. It can be hard for folks. People's like, I can't talk in front of my camera. Mm-hmm. And I'm, sometimes I'm like, maybe it's because maybe you're, you have these things that we can't accept for ourselves yet. Mm. And I think talking is a literal, you know, with this podcast, it does, a, it does make room for, for the things that we hold inside. It mm-hmm. makes extra room for it. So thinking about at least my understanding of, of where you are in your life, I would say you, you come off as independent to me, comfortable with unpacking and just letting out like whatever you're feeling. What in this current moment, you're also in a transition, you're like, you know, making a new home, mm-hmm. still literally getting furniture. Yeah. <laughs> so in this transition of, of your life and your, your current understanding of yourself, what, what seeds have you currently planted? And what have you noticed has actually blossomed?
2: Mm. Starting last year, the beginning of 2020, everyone had plans. Everyone was like, oh, 2020, bro, Like (laughs) it's gonna be epic. And I definitely was in that as well. I definitely was like, okay, this is the year I'm gonna conquer my imposter syndrome. Let's go. I was like, dude, I mean, I was working at a coffee shop, which, bro, coffee shop people, Anyone in food service, customer service, bro, you are fucking badass. I'm just going to say that now. And you put up with a lot of shit. So power to you. But I just knew, I I hate the idea that like your time is running out on stuff. I feel that. But I was definitely feeling the pressure of like, okay, my time is running out. Like my window is running out of going into a creative job. I mean, I I went to college and I I studied film. Mm -hmm. I realized my last year of college, I didn't want to do traditional film production. Obviously I'm very into producing content, but more so in the digital space than traditional media. And so I was really trying to transition out of that, but I didn't necessarily know where to go just because in college I focused on film production. And then literally my last year, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so that started, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going so back versus just like Take right us back. now. Take but us back. my Come last on. semester of college, I started, I guess, planting little seeds of like things that I could grow if I wanted to grow. So yeah. I took a design I took a computer science class for website design. Mm-hmm. I took a photography class, my first photography class. I took an acting class, which I've been into acting since I was a little kid. And I've done a few acting classes before. But I just, I wanted to, you know, give that another kickstart. And so those were sort of seeds that I started planting. And the fo- the photography really stuck. I started taking a lot more photos and I would I would give myself time to develop that skill outside too. And so the beginning of 2020 I was like, okay, we're going to transition out of minimum wage jobs because I was doing minimum wage jobs, you know what I mean? I was like, we got to we we want our own apartment. We, do. we we want these things, but we know that these things cost money, so mm-hmm. we got to earn the money. So that was when I started to take myself more seriously which mm. i know a lot of people struggle with i still struggle with that very hard but i started to just repeat to myself this one phrase that i heard on a, a separate podcast that i listened to that <laughs> it, goes, it goes nothing changes if nothing changes so basically you can't expect the life that you're envisioning for yourself to just happen to you even though like ugh Oh, it would be so easy if it just happened to me, but like
1: <laughs> like that, like literally
2: like that. Yeah, just like that. But you do have to, you know, you got to you got to put some things into motion. So right. I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to start taking myself seriously. I'm going to look for photography jobs. And so I started this part-time thing, and then that part-time thing turned into a full-time thing. Mm-hmm. And then that, I know, Is going to carry me into more of a professional career, especially because, like I said, the idea of moving to San Francisco gave me a purpose. And this is not a cheap city to live in. So I knew that I would need to do... Like, I couldn't just do a minimum wage job. I'm Mm -hmm. sure people do it. But I knew that I would just be stressed out if I tried to do it. So I was like, okay... You know you have these skills. You know that you doubt yourself a lot. But there are other people constantly telling you that you are good at what you do. And they know what's up. Like They're right. They know you. And they wouldn't lie to you about something that you're clearly passionate about. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why keep doubting yourself when other people aren't doing it? Right. So, I mean, that's the problem with imposter syndrome. But I really started planting the seeds of photography and social media marketing and and i mean even doing like youtube and instagram Mm -hmm. like i know that there are opportunities that come with that too i think having a sense of purpose or a goal in mind definitely helps motivate people yes you know of course it would right but yeah i guess i was just feeling stuck for a while but then once i did have this goal in mind i was like okay I gotta do this. I'm gonna plant this seed. And maybe it would be like, I'm gonna set aside this amount of money every month. And I'm gonna save this money. Mm. And it's, it's going to go towards this thing. Okay, I'm gonna work this job. And these skills are going to help me for a future job. You know, I mean, I even going back to this moving to San Francisco thing, mm-hmm. which is just, it, it's, it was a big thing for a very long time. It still is a big thing, but I knew that I had to save up money. I knew that I would eventually have to get like a, a good paying job. So I knew that I needed to develop my photography skills, not just the photography, but also, you know, social media, because that's also a space that I would like to break into. I knew that I needed to save up money. Because a move like this is expensive. Furniture, apartment, all of that. I knew that I would need a higher paying job. So I was like, okay, buckle down and develop your skills that you know you got. You know, there's always room for improvement. And I just almost silently was working on them on my own. And originally I wasn't planning on moving until like this summer. But then my friend posted late February that she needed a roommate. And everything that I had been working on like silently just you know doing my thing it finally was like met with the opportunity that I needed to get here and I remember I was like oh my gosh that would be moving so fast like I don't know if I could do that and I I talked to a few people and I was like should I do it and I knew what I wanted my answer to be I was just Worried because everyone gets worried for big life transitions. But I kept quoting. I was like, there's this cheesy thought that keeps coming into my head.
1: And your lactose. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> but there's there's this thought that keeps coming into my head that luck is the intersection of opportunity and preparedness. Oh, Something God, like that. Oh, that's beautiful. Something like that. And right. so all of the preparation, all of the work that I did last year... Yeah. For this goal that I had was finally met with an opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: even though it wasn't what I planned, the time that I wanted, my friend posting that she needed a roommate up here, I was prepared. Like, on paper, I was prepared. Yeah. Even though it was, it felt scary and, and like it was happening too fast. But I feel like the best and the biggest life changes happen that way. Mm-hmm. Very fast. And it's like, you gotta grab it or... Or what? Right. Like, just leave it behind? So I was just very much like, okay, this is, this is it. This is my moment. And I made it happen. Yeah. I'm with that. I'm with that.
1: And I want to give you space to reiterate the, re- reiterate this too, but I see some blossomings. Well, you manifested something. You manifested a yeah. dream, essentially. And yeah. You did it. And I mean, thank you for everything you're saying. There, there's definitely a, a mix, a hybrid, if you will, of just like that essential piece of, of things that you knew would bring you happiness in terms of an environment, ways that you feel like you can all ha- also have space to do the things you love, and the things that you can put on a checklist. And I think oftentimes that motivational piece is is the thing people are asking, like what, with whatever direction they want to move in. Mm-hmm. And my word of affirmation is not only for you and for me and for everyone else listening. Chances are you have at least one of those two things. You have like the checklist down, or you have the core purpose down. And I think a lot of people just don't don't think they have any of that. Mm-hmm. As well, and it's a powerful thing just just to name it too. So, and just in terms in terms of one maybe one thing that comes to your mind in terms of something it's like wow i i always wanted to do well i can't believe like i'm at this point in my life already in mm-hmm. terms of x y and z it could be like you know you coming here mm. or is there any sense of like internal growth and because i know you brought up imposter syndrome mm. and i've definitely brought that up here too is is there anything currently that either you're you're you still like feel like you're combating some type of imposter syndrome mm. or is there a piece of you that you were combating you know it's a piece of uh, imposter syndrome and at this point in your life you're like yeah and now i'm dominating that like <laughs> like f you you know what i'm saying
2: yeah i don't know i feel like with the way my last year went i feel like i couldn't let the imposter syndrome win so i think that was a motiv- motivating factor nice. in that area to like okay well it's not gonna happen if you just Keep doing what you're doing, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: I don't know. Things that I'm conquering?
0: It doesn't
1: have to be per se. And if, you know, if you're still thinking, I I have something that I see uh, in in terms of how I witness you. And I think one thing that's off, something that I want to conquer, or not conquer, but something I want more in in terms of my process, not only with content creation, uh, primarily with content creation, I guess, Mm -hmm. and other pieces is consistency, Mm. sustainability and i think with that quote like no changes will come if nothing changes essentially i there, there's a lot of moments where, where luck came into play where mm-hmm. i actually felt like well like the world did its thing and my environment changed to a point where like me manifesting the thing i wanted to do was like super easy mm-hmm. but i'm trying to constantly get into this place of like no like i think bigger visions that we all have as people definitely acquire like that piece of actual actual work whatever mm-hmm. that looks like mm-hmm. there has to be this this mix of both but like when, when i've talked to bianca she has like a hell of video ideas
2: <laughs> i literally and, have a list
1: she has a list the pot she has a podcast she hopefully is going to manifest too she she walked me through it oh my i think it's dope and it's it's interesting because i feel like you're a creative i really connect to and the the beautiful thing is i think our processes are so different mm. And part of me always wants to be somewhat formulated or have things out. Because I know, like, oh, the more I have it literally mapped out, the easier it will do. And yet, I always find myself being back to my natural way of doing things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it's for some people, like, oh, I, was, I, I always wish I was good at this, but mm-hmm. I'm not. And, like, it's not really a bad thing, it's just a sense of awareness
0: mm-hmm.
1: and understanding. And that doesn't necessarily mean we can't keep working towards those things. Mm-hmm. And, and on, a, like, a superficial or, like, aesthetic level... I always, like, had an eye for, like, the way I wanted things to be, like, whether I post them on Instagram or X, mm. Y, and Z. And I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, these people, like, Bianca, like, your stuff? I'm like, I wish my stuff looked like that. <laughs> but it never does. But, you know, it's cool. I can work towards that. Because I, I think one thing to, to kind of put ease in anyone who's listening out there, if there's a vision you have, like, you you need to understand and, and see, like, what's, what is attainable, like, objectively mm-hmm. first. Like, what can you learn, mm-hmm. you know? And in terms of the means and motivation, like Mm -hmm. that's the next step. But I think a lot of people just sometimes have this like maybe sense of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. or this internalized sense of like, I'll just never be good. Yeah. And as corny as it sounds, I never thought I'd do a podcast or put videos out. But I did know in terms of my core identity, I love talking. (laughs) I talk, You know, the first couple episodes of this podcast is literally me talking to Mm -hmm. myself. And I love, I, I like editing videos. You know, Bianca loves editing videos too. Her okay. edits are so sick. I'm okay. <laughs> but it's just like, that's, I think that's kind of what's tying everything in as well. A lot of us actually have the tools and pieces needed to make those foundational steps. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe recognizing that what those pieces are could be our step, our first step mm. into motivation. Our first step into either planting a seed. And, and, you know, we'll be so far in the process that we would have blossomed all, this, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, and it just becomes so normalized that mm-hmm. we we have to take a look back. Because I think every response to a lot of these prompts, you took us back, like, on a timeline.
0: Like, <laughs> a little bit, yeah.
1: That. And, you know, I, maybe you didn't know you are going to take us that far. And I think that's the beauty of, like, reflection, the beauty of seeing, like, oh, like, you know, there's a lot more that we've done to get to this position we're at. And mm-hmm. I hella feel you in terms of, making a spontaneous move like even into this apartment I saw this apartment and I I walked in and I literally signed in 24 hours <laughs> and I had no idea what I was getting into
2: I agreed to move in with my friend within 24 hours See? too oh, same, same. <laughs> No.
1: literally same so I, I think I guess one thing to kind of leave folks with at least from what I'm hearing from you which I, I I just think is an essential thing for for growth for a lot of people is, is taking risk mm-hmm. leap of faiths. You know, with Mac, I think even with his music, like, you could listen to d- two different albums and be like, "Shit, that's like that's Mac Miller," or mm-hmm. like, "That's Mac Miller." Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's crazy. And, it, and at the end of the day, there's no doubt that every creative has this this tension that's never going to go away, of caring about what people think about your work and then unpacking and being like, "I don't really care," mm-hmm. you know, because I love doing this for the soul integrity, of it representing like where I am, and mm-hmm. what I want to share with the world. So. Yeah, I mean, who, whoever's listening out there in terms of your sense of style, whatever big moves you want to make, I think it's always an, an invitation to look at kind of where you've come from mm-hmm. and to know that we're, we're constantly changing, mm-hmm. for sure. Your hair literally changed I since know. the last time i seen you.
2: I know. Damn,
1: I, I guess I got a haircut, but it's not, it's not dyed like that, <laughs> for sure. I
2: just figured if I didn't do it now, I would never do it.
1: Right, and I think that's one of the last things I want to take uh, away from, from what you said, too, this feeling of feeling like pressured by time Mm. and i think you know we're we're kind of you know we're in our 20s early 20s maybe mid 20s almost and there seems to be some societal timeline of like these are the times like you should be dating the most this is the time you should be taking the most risk this is the time that you should be doing x y and z or doing grad school earlier than supposed to later Mm -hmm. and i think the more i've i've tried my best to literally just abolish all of that the more life has i don't know it was an invitation to freedom, an invitation to be like, there is no rush to do something like within this year at this age. And I, I just feel like if well, I, I will confidently say if someone if you're listening to this and you feel pressured by that timeline, like go go on a walk outside and unpack <laughs> that. Because you're you're perfect like wherever you are. And and I think, yeah, even content creation, like what we do on YouTube, it's funny. It's it's and I feel like I saw this. <laughs> Um, not shamelessly, but I was watching this Justin Bieber documentary on YouTube. It was okay. dope. But they they talked about his like his growth and transformation over the years. I love Justin Bieber's music, but one quote was about maturity. And it said, I believe it was like maturity is actually learning to accept your 11 year old self. Mm. And I think the bridge between us is like, dude, I literally have like Spongebob paintings in my apartment, (laughs) right? And, you know, you, I know you've had like these nostalgia videos, these nostalgia content posts. Mm -hmm. And I think it's awesome. And and I think that quote made me think a lot about it because I think at this point, especially if you're transitioning maybe out of college and you're thinking like, I need to approach the world this way, just X, Y, and Z. It's like, nah, like, you know what you love and don't Mm -hmm. like, don't be ashamed by it. And you you don't know, like, you you don't got to hide your love for what you know you love as well. So, so, like, you're making space for that adolescent self to continue to exist Mm -hmm. while you also grow, like, in a mature way to, you know, dye your hair and get an apartment Mm -hmm. out in San Francisco.
2: Well, have you heard of feeding your inner child?
1: Uh, I think I've heard the phrase.
2: I've heard the phrase. Fr- okay, I guess I don't. It sounds pretty. Techni- like so. <laughs> I don't technically know how to define it.
1: it sounds pretty also explicit or an alignment with what I was talking about. Yeah, too.
2: which is why I bring it up. So my understanding of feeding your inner child is basically just letting yourself do the things that like you want to do, regardless of what people. Like external forces are pressuring you to not do. Yeah. So like, if you the this girl that I follow on YouTube, she was like, "I'm feeding my inner child because I bought um, moon sand." I think oh yeah, I favorite. know exactly.
1: Like, I, <laughs> I want to play clear, with moon sand clear all day long. in my head.
2: Yeah. So it's just like have those little moments with yourself where like you just what's you like satisfy this little itch. Right. Even if it seems immature or even if it seems like dorky or whatever, mm-hmm. but. Just let yourself do what you want to do. Let yourself be what you want to be.
1: B-A-R-B-I-E. (laughs) Barbie. That's literally the commercial. (laughs) I will never not hear be who you want to be. Really? Without thinking about Barbie. Oh my gosh. Anyways. Um, That's what's up.
2: I guess something else I also wanted to say and share. If you're feeling stuck. Yes. Something that I recently told my best friend that... Once I said it, I was like, Oh, that was kinda good. Ooh, gotta
1: and, gotta put that in a podcast. And even
2: she was like, damn, that was pretty good. She's like, I've been telling everyone that quote. <laughs> Come um on. But basically, she she was having a hard time in in feeling stuck with something, and she couldn't she she feels like she can't necessarily change something about the situation that she's in. So what I told her and try to comfort her, because I've also definitely felt Like, I couldn't change the situation that I was in, so I said... That was so wordy. I'm sorry. You're good. It's kind of like riding trains. Like, everyone has a different destination, and some people are going to ride the same train to that destination. Some people are only going to ride on the same train for a little bit, and then they're going to transfer. So, like, whatever situation you find yourself in, even if you... Like, if you want to get somewhere, and you don't feel like you can get there, just find those little moments of like, oh, okay, well, I can do this for a little bit. So say mm-hmm. you want to save up for something. Like $5 can seem so small in the moment, but $5, if it's like $5 a week, bro, right. you got $20 at the end of the month. Like little things add right. up. And and it also can go with, you know, home environments or whatever. Like I feel like I wasn't in a home that I felt like I could be wholly myself, yeah. but I knew that, that situation sort of needed to happen in order to get to where I am now. I feel like I'm not describing this as well as when I did with her but
1: (laughs) you're chilling basically
2: basically, like with people and situations sort of like ride those like trains get on the trains that you need to get on
0: Mm. to
2: move towards your destination and get off when either it's time for you to get off or you feel like it's time that's kind of basically the same thing um, you're good, you're good. Basically, just hop, like you're not stuck on one train. There's always another train that you can ride.
0: Mm. If oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I love that.
2: I feel like I still didn't say it that well, but no, that's the concept is there. No. I, I hope you all understand <laughs> what I what I'm trying to say.
1: I hope I hope they do. Too. No, you're chilling. Let me let me let you know that I understood it because okay. what my sense also, uh, I, I when I feel similar to in terms of your process of creation, just getting to know yourself. These trains that you're talking about, I feel like I've been alone on these trains for maybe the past two years. Mm -hmm. When I was living in Berkeley, you know, post-grad already working my my job and then knowing I wanted to move by myself. And I think also the fear is that sometimes you're making the right moves and you may be the only one on your train.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And and I love that I have a visual for it Mm -hmm. because right now I feel like I've been alone in my train but I don't feel lonely. Mm because I'm taking my life exactly where I want it to go. And I don't even know the stop I'm getting off mm-hmm. yet. But, and I, and I think that's the thing. I think people always feel like they have to be with someone. That doesn't necessarily mean be supported, mm-hmm. but even with like my, my job title and what I do outside of work, either dancing or swimming or like Twitch streaming or YouTube or podcast or doing something stupid, I don't know. <laughs> like all those things, it's, it's cool because it gives us better sense of like identity but i'm it I also feel a sense of home and pride knowing that I'm the type of person where like I don't want two of me walking around in the world. And personally, I feel like there's only one Bianca that I know, like the way you are. And a lot of that process is, yeah, making transfers, you know, taking as many trains. Like I think we're we're always afraid of the unknown. And mm-hmm. I think everything I've heard from what you said is doing the little things, building the little things up right? You know, taking these classes stuff, maybe lead to, to, to other opportunities. I'm literally taking a dive, like, like literally in the ocean. I, I grew up as a club swimmer. And when I just thought about thinking of open water swimming, I gave it a few swims. Now I want to do triathlon. Like I want it like, and that seed, I'd even know that was a seed to be planted mm-hmm. as well. And because like, I'm in this moment where I can acknowledge that. I feel like the trains that you've taken and whoever is listening, like, damn, you, you're a lot farther than... I think all of us are a lot farther than we thought mm-hmm. we'd be. So I think that was a really good metaphor. Good Thank story. You. You're good. I'm with you. I still don't pay for Muni, though. That's what you got. <laughs> if you're coaching... No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't find me. Um, no, I don't need the police listen to this. Uh, <laughs> so you're chilling. I, it's funny that you brought up trains because bianca knows a lot of people know i don't drive so i'm constantly on buses (laughs) if that makes sense but i think i think that was a beautiful way to kind of wrap things together and this is great because i'm still getting to know bianca and i feel like i know a lot now as well (laughs) and 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 thank you It, it does feel like you know given that this is the small world's podcast it there's a lot of small pieces that often feel big to us a lot of of feelings like even though i'm like on that train by myself what gives me a bigger like a bigger sense of like comfort is that i know the people i look up to the most who are doing their own thing are also riding their own trains and we're not afraid to take the route we want by ourselves because mm-hmm. um, we're creating something that this world has not seen yet that's what mac did and i don't think there's another mac miller out there even someone that i can it's not just about sound it's about a holistic approach to things So, I mean, if you're listening here and you feel like you might be, like, a misfit or just someone who's afraid to, like, manifest that vision, go fucking do it. And, yeah, we're here to cheer you on.
2: (laughs) Sometimes it's cool, too, something that I started doing is just visualizing myself with everything that I want. Yes. And then that can also be a motivation to be, like, yeah, I do want that. Okay, what am I going to do? Yeah. What small steps am I going to start taking? Like what little, little hills am I going to start walking up (laughs) and then I can start walking up mountains. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, I know it's hard to start, but once, once you start and then you get to a certain, a certain point and then you look back, you're going to be completely amazed by all the progress you make.
1: 100%. So. I'm with that.
2: Just keep going.
1: All right. And as we continue to climb these little hills and mountains, (laughs) Bianca, I want to thank you for joining me on the second collab episode this is not gonna be your last time here we're gonna we're gonna get more of these episodes rolling out but before i close out do you have any plugs any shout outs any websites that you gotta plug oh my gosh perhaps an instagram handle
2: i do have an instagram handle it's my full name at bianca regato b-i-a-n-c-a-b-e-r-g-a-d-o that is my instagram if you want to check out my youtube you can check the link in the bio or you can also type in bebergato on youtube come
1: on let's go and
2: that's me
1: that is that is i'm so lucky honored thankful to have shared this space with you hopefully something that we've shared today connects whoever is listening with with a better sense of, of themselves and just the environments they want to be around because i think the world is literally continue to shift and i think no matter what we got to accept that we're going to have to shift along with it mm-hmm. and and yeah so thank you so much for being here bianca thank
2: you for inviting me
1: so we'll see we'll see what we bring on next time and what we're going to talk about but yo hashtag essentialism hashtag core values let's go <laughs> my name is yanni once again This is the Small World's Podcast,
0: and we'll catch you next time.
2: Later. Peace.